0: Now, in these past uh, Sundays, we've been looking at uh, titles and attributes of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. We looked at the letter A, and I trust some of you can think of a letter A (laughs) about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Scriptures declare in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, that He's the author and finisher of our faith. I'm so thankful for that. And then we looked at the letter B. And I'm sure some of you can think of a letter B. Uh, can you not? <laughs> um, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, a real man, but, but also God. And as a real man, the Father said of His Son, and He records this for us not once but two times. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, we hear the voice from the cloud, our Heavenly Father declaring of this man and no other, The Lord Jesus Christ, he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my, what did it say? My beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then later on in chapter 17, it says, hear ye him. And that's my prayer for everyone gathered here this morning in this auditorium, that you'll hear his voice, that you'll hear his voice and no other. Uh, Then we looked at the letter C. Can you think of a letter C, Allison? (laughs) My favorite letter C, yeah, uh, I just saw Sandra mouthing the, words, the word complete. <laughs> oh, and comfort, too. But that's what comfort us, right? Because we're complete in Him. It says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, that we're complete in Him, beloved. We, we lack nothing. We have a full and complete pardon of all our sins by His precious blood. And that's half a gospel. Want to hear the other half? The righteousness, the perfection that the law of God demands... He performed for us, and that's why for the believer we have joy unspeakable. We'd like to make everyone know this joy, but this joy is only revealed from above, and that just gives me pause to remind you all why we're here. Do you know why we're here? We're here, first of all, to worship and glorify our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, to give Him all the credit, all the attribution, all the glory in the salvation of wicked evil, guilty sinners like you and me. There's another reason why we're here, and that is the the thing that the Lord has taught us. He has taught us that it pleases Him through preaching. Now, the world calls preaching foolishness. They hear about the substitution of Christ, how that His blood pays our the penalty of our sins, how that His life lives out in the world as a real man, established our acceptance with the Father. They say that's foolishness. But the Word of God warns the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, to them that go to hell, to those who are damned. Preaching is foolishness to them. And it was at one time to you and me, was it not? I mean, I remember showing the door uh, of... uh, a fella, he came knocking on my door and uh, <laughs> he was I, pointing to a verse in Isaiah where it says, All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. It didn't make a look of sense to me. <laughs> you mean me helping a little old lady across the street is a filthy rag? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. If you're putting your trust in something you've started to do or stop doing as the basis of your acceptance with the thrice holy God, repent and turn away from that and look to the perfect righteousness of God's Son. So I think we did A, B, C, D. Can you think of a letter D? I, I think it's my favorite word in the Bible. It's probably yours. Can Can you think of it? Anybody want to mouth it? You don't have to send it out. D- done. That's right. We're not in this religion of do. We're religion in the religion, the true religion of God. Done. Now, some people don't like this. They say, "Oh, we don't have religion." Well, the Apostle James did say, uh, uh, "Perfect and true religion, undefiled in the sight of God, is to visit uh, widows and uh, uh, orphans in their time of need." And if you ever want to know how important the gospel is, that time of need. I just think of about a funeral. You go to a funeral where there's no gospel, you'll understand the only thing that matters is the gospel, is the gospel. Now this morning, uh, I've been really blessed this past week just meditating on the letter E, and we're going to try and uh, look at eight uh, titles and attributes of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, with the letter E. And the first one that came to mind is that our Savior is the elect Savior of God? He, he's the. You want to know why I'm believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and no other? Well, it, it, first of all, it's by God's grace, <laughs> but He's taught me that this is the one He sent into the world to save sinners, not Muhammad, not the Pope, not Mary, not any other, save this one name. And we were singing about that. What was that song about his name? Do you remember the stanza? Any of it? Jesus, name, above all names. name above all names. What is that talking about? It's talking about what we read, I believe it is in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, where it says, There's none other name given un, un, unto men by which we must be saved, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this book that we have in our hands is God's only holy book. There's, there's there's, no other holy book. This is God's only revealed word and will to us. And it teaches us in uh, Isaiah chapter 42, and we're just looking at the first letter E here, how that the Lord God Almighty, the Father, and remember the, the Son is the Lord God Almighty as well. He's one with the Father. It says in Isaiah chapter 42, speaking about our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, that He is the elect, the, the, the chosen Savior of sinners. It says here in verse 1, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. That's uh, We could faithfully translate that word judgment to justice or righteousness, and he certainly has brought righteousness to the Gentiles. Now, the other letter E I'd like us to look at is how that the Lord God, Jesus Christ, is the everlasting Savior. He's the everlasting Savior. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 90. And this is speaking about our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. He's the the everlasting Savior. It says there in Psalm 90... Verse 2, before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. He is the Savior who stood as our surety, as the one who promised to pay the penalty, as the one who promised to perform everything we need before the foundation of the world. From everlasting to everlasting, Thou art God. He's also the uh, the early Savior. Uh, look what it says in Psalm forty-six. Now, as you're turning there, let me just remind myself and remind you all: the the Bible, from from Genesis to Revelation, is about one thing. Do you know what it's about? It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only reason why I know that is because, um, by God's grace, um, <laughs> it went in my ear. <laughs> and it didn't just go out the other ear. <laughs> no. He, he opened my heart. <laughs> he opened my understanding that I, could, that I could truly hear it by the power of the Spirit. That this book is a, a hymn book, H-I-M a hymn book. It's a testimony book. When when the Lord Jesus Christ was before some Pharisees, these were men who were highly respected in the community, men that everyone esteemed as surely these Pharisees know what the Bible means, what it's about. And he stood before them, and he, he gave them a sharp rebuke. He always had his sharp rebukes for the self-righteous, for the pretenders, for those who thought they were better than everybody else and looked down their noses at everybody. Uh, Isn't that what our Lord taught us by the parable of of the publican and the Pharisee? He taught that parable to those who trusted in themselves as being righteous and despised others. Despised others. Well, He said to those Pharisees at that time, this is John chapter 5, verse 37. He said, You've not heard His voice or seen His shape, speaking about God. Remarkable, isn't it? There's, there's a shape of God standing right before them. <laughs> You've not heard His voice or seen His shape. And you do not have God's Word abiding in you. You searched the Scriptures, the Bible, and at that time it would have been from Genesis to, to Malachi. Am I right about that? That's the last book in the Bible. Is it not Malachi? Sometimes I get those books with the letter M mixed up. Yeah, Malachi. And in our day, we can say the same thing of Revelation to Genesis. He said, these are they, the Scriptures are they, which testify of me. And those Pharisees, he said of them, but you won't come to me that you might have life. And so in this auditorium, let me tell everyone here, eternal life is coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you mean, preacher? Do I have to come up in front and walk in the aisle? No, not at all. (laughs) You can come to the Lord Jesus Christ right where you are without moving a muscle. It's just believing. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, God's well-pleasing Son. Um, Salvation is not found in doing. It's done. As we heard earlier, that letter D-O-N. Do you know where that is? D-O-N-E? Like, I want you to know we're, we're not making this up. Can can you remember where that is, Allison? Just bring it to mind. You don't have to answer out loud. I'm not put. This is not a test uh, for anybody. Just bring it to mind. I, you don't. You don't have to answer. It says in Revelation chapter twenty one, verse six, that uh, it is <laughs> done. Uh, all, all everything we need to be saved, everything that that's required to save a evil filthy, damned, dead dog like you and me, <laughs> Christ did for us. Now, you might be thinking, that's really strange. Why that man behind the pulpit saying he's, he's guilty and sinner and evil? I don't understand that. Well, you'll never understand that unless God loves you and puts you into the light and countenance and perfection of this one man named Jesus Christ. Only then will you see your desperate need. Only then will you see that you're vile and putrid and offenses from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Like, don't misunderstand me. I, I want my wife to think of me as a good man. I want my daughter to think of me as a good dad. But before the thrice holy God, uh, by God's grace, I'm going to flee to the, to the ark of God's salvation. And you all remember from Sunday school the the simple story of the ark, the the big boat that that Noah made, and, and there was Noah, found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and it wasn't by him being any different than anybody else, it was just by God's good pleasure. And not only him, but his wife, his three sons, and their three wives, eight souls in that ark. And that's a picture of salvation in Christ. So, you, you, you pray and you cry out to the Father in the Son's name, and you say, I beg you, please hide me in the ark of your salvation. Hide me in the righteousness of God's well-pleasing Son. Wash me in the blood. Wash me in the blood. So we're looking at one other letter E. He's, a, he's an early Savior. <laughs> he's an early Savior. Look what it says in Psalm 46, uh, verse 5. It says, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. Speaking about his bride, his church, his elect people. God shall sh- shall help her, and that right early. <laughs> that right early. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to sound controversial, but allow me to qualify it, okay? Because <laughs> there's another letter E. He's the everyone's Savior. He's the everyone's Savior? It sounds like you've gone into some error there, Joseph. What are you talking about? Well, look with me in Matthew chapter 7. He's the Savior of everyone, and if you've come here this morning, I trust it's the Lord who put it on your heart to bring you here, that He's gathered every one of us in this auditorium, and that I pray He'll continue to bring you here. It says in verse 8, for everyone, well, who is the everyone? Everyone that asketh, receiveth. Remember the the publican? He smote his breast and he said, Be merciful to me, a sinner. Everyone that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. You keep coming. I, I realize that everyone here as we are growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have questions, do we not? James, do we not have questions? We have questions. And every one of those questions will be answered in God's, according to God's calendar, (laughs) not our calendar. And He'll teach His people. And so we keep on coming, we keep on seeking. And he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Everyone. What do I mean? Well, everyone is like a whosoever. But we need to qualify the whosoever's of this world. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2, verse 21. I want to be a whosoever, don't you? (laughs) For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And verse 21 And it shall come, pa- come to pass that whosoever, everyone who shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not maybe, not want to be, but shall be saved. Shall be saved. Another wonderful title about our Lord and God Jesus Christ, and, and uh, that includes the baseball game, Gary. <laughs> He's the ever present Savior. He's the ever-present Savior. No matter where we are, beloved, in this world, although we might feel dead and uh, unaware of Him, He is with us always. Look what it says in Matthew, the the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. It says there in verse 20, there the last verse, and remember, this is the risen Jesus Christ the the risen from the grave Lord Jesus Christ verse 18 came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost one triune god notice the word names mentioned once this once this is the the triune God, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And oh, what a blessing to read this and, and to know it is so. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. He's the, the ever-present Savior, beloved. Ever-present. Um, and uh, these last couple of them... Uh, It's just a delight to meditate on him. (laughs) He's so wonderful. He's so glorious. This is why we have salvation, beloved. The Father gave him a commandment to go into the world and save the people the Father gave him to save. And somebody here this morning might be going, well, I want to be one of the people the Father gave him to save. How can I know that? How can I know that? Well... You want to hear a good description of his chosen people, his elect people? Paul wrote two letters to a young man named Timothy, a, a young pastor. And in the first letter he wrote to Timothy, he wrote these precious words. They're so precious <laughs> and they're so good. He wrote to that, that, that the young man, Timothy, Beloved Timothy, a true and faithful saying worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. No other adjective there. That's it. That's the description. And if you know that to be true of yourself, that that, that's all you are, that if in this very moment God would usher you into His presence, you knew by God's grace that you are poor, naked, and have nothing but... It's not merely that you do not have any merit. All you have are reasons why God should justly send you to hell. Demerit after demerit after demerit. That's the people Christ Jesus came into the world to save. <laughs> they, they're not looking to themselves. They're not looking to what they st- stopped doing and have started to do. They're looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what our Lord taught us, did He not, in, in John chapter 3? He said, as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent, and that's that account in, in Exodus, if I'm not mistaken, and they all looked to that bronze serpent to be cured from being bitten by the poisonous asps, those poisonous serpents. They, they bit the people because the people were murmuring against God. And Jehovah God told Moses, I want you to make a, a, a staff... And on top of that staff, I want you to make a bronze serpent so that everyone that looks at that bronze serpent will be cured of that poisonous venom. And that's a good description of all of us. We're born in this world coming forth from our mother's womb speaking lies, speaking um, venom. Uh, We're we're by nature uh, afflicted with this poison. And so the gospel is simple as this. Look at the perfection of God's Son. Look at the pardon of His precious blood. This is a perfect man who stood in our place. And He offered Himself to the Father, and the Father accepted His sacrifice on behalf of guilty, vile sinners like you and me. So it's simple as this. Look away from your sorry self. If God would grant you repentance, you know what He did at the same time? He'll grant you faith. (laughs) They're the same thing. They're two sides of the same coin. So I cry unto you this morning, by God's grace, by God's power, repent. Stop looking to yourself. Stop trying to do better. Stop trying to turn over a new leaf, to try and curry God's favor. You can't. You never will. There's only one man who pleased the Father. (laughs) And he's our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And... Listen to this description. I have another letter E for our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. He is the everlasting Father. (laughs) Did you know that? That Jesus Christ is our heavenly Father, the everlasting Father manifest in the flesh. It's a great mystery. He spoke about it often. He said, I and the Father are one. It's not two walking side by side. They're, They're one. Look what it says in Isaiah Chapter 9. By God's grace, all of God's people, sinners He chose from before the foundation of the world to give to His Son to redeem, elect sinners that the Holy Spirit will come in power and apply this truth so that it's it's a revelation from above. It won't be you listening to some man behind the pulpit and He teaches you, and He straightens you out. No, the Spirit of God will come in power, and He'll bless His own holy word. Verse 6 says this. It says, and this is the prophecy of the baby that was formed in the virgin's womb. Remember, Mary was with child, and Joseph was deeply troubled by it. He hadn't consummated the marriage. She was still his fiancée, and he discovers she's pregnant. Now, what does this young man do? Well, he's troubled. That's what, that's what we know. He's troubled. And we can speculate. Maybe he was thinking about going to uh, Mary's parents' house and canceling the, the wedding. But in that time of, of being troubled, the, the angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream. This is the message from the very throne of God. This angel came to Joseph and said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary for your wife, for what's conceived in her womb is conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you shall call His name Jesus. How come? You should call His name Joshua. If you want to hear the, the root meaning of that word, Jesus, Joshua, it means Savior. <laughs> so why are we going to call Him Savior? The angel said, For He shall save His people from their sins. And we see this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born. This is speaking about the body that was prepared in the womb of the virgin. Unto us a son is given. As the eternal Son of God, He cannot be born. He must be given. And the government shall be upon His shoulder, and His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the Savior who is the Everlasting Father. And somebody here might go, are you sure about that? (laughs) I'm most certainly sure, because God's Word is sure. Look what it says in John chapter 14, if I'm not mistaken. John chapter 14, verse 8. How wonderful. This is when uh, Philip... Our brother Philip saith unto him, "This is one of the Lord's disciples, one of the apostles. Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us; it, it'll 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 satisfy us. We'll know, we'll know that our um, our doubts will be satisfied, if I could put it that way." Philip saith unto him, "Lord, show us the Father, and we'll be satisfied with that." it sufficeth us and verse 9 the lord jesus saith unto him <laughs> have you been so long ha- have i been so long with you philip and yet thou hast not known me philip he that hath seen me hath seen the father and beloved we see him with the eye of faith um when we read His Word, the, the Holy Spirit blesses it to, to our hearts. And we know these things are so. It says here in John chapter 10, verse 27, He says, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Because He's the, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the author of eternal life to, to all of them that obey Him. How do we obey Him? You believe the gospel. By God's grace, you believe the gospel. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. He's the everlasting Father. Now, you might be thinking, okay, we've run out of the letter E's. Have we not? No, no. we got two more. <laughs> we got two more. Can you think of a letter E... Oh, that's good. Hadn't thought about that one. Uh, we'll have to look at that one later because I don't have a verse for that one yet. 2, oh, all right. Let's look at that. Exalted. Isaiah two eleven. The only authority we have, beloved, is the Word of God. Isaiah 2, verse 11, it says, The lofty looks of man shall be humbled... And the haughtiest of men shall be bowed down, and the Lord alone shall be exalted in that day. Amen. He's our exalted, glorified Lord and God, Jesus Christ. He's a Savior who shall save His people, and He's exalted. And it, it makes you think about other passages that, that that how the the at the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, because the Lord has exalted that name above every other. <laughs> We can back it up. Uh, that's, it's Salvation, let me stress this. Salvation is not finding a verse and then backing up that verse with another verse. Salvation is found in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. And it is wonderful we have all these glorious verses. There's nothing wrong with these verses, nothing wrong with, with, with that. In fact, it says about the Word of God, all these scriptures we're looking up right now, If anybody else wants to throw out a letter E, please feel free to do so. Uh, It says in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verse 15, it says there, And from a child thou hast known the holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. See, our faith, the object of our faith is a person. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're looking to His faithfulness. And it says there in verse 16, "...all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works." Um, I have another letter E for you, beloved. He's the expected end Savior. <laughs> expected end. Look what it says in Jeremiah. And then I'll show you some portions of Scripture that speak about that expected end. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it says there, "...for I know the thoughts that I think toward you." This is our Lord and God speaking here to His people. "...for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, beloved, saith the Lord." thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. What is the expected end for every saved sinner in this auditorium? Look what it says in Revelation 22. Revelation 22. And we'll just read the first five verses of that portion. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. And his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face... And his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. I'm sure we can find a lot of other verses for expected end, <laughs> but I thought that very fitting. We shall see him face to face, beloved, one glorious day. And then lastly, we'll conclude with this: He's an excellent savior. Look what it says in Philippians. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8. Now, the beginning part of this chapter, the Apostle Paul describes himself as Saul of Tarsus. That at one time, he trusted in his um, own righteousness. He trusted in his own attempts to keep the law. And he thought he was keeping the law blameless, but then the Lord threw him off his high horse and put him into the dust and showed him in the light and perfection and the countenance of God's well-pleasing Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that His Son is excellent. He's going to talk about that in a moment. Look what it says in verse 8. Yea, without a doubt, I have no doubt about it, doubtless, I it's, I don't have any doubt about this. I, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, the excellency of our Savior, beloved, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, refuse, filthy rags. I'm not looking to what I'm doing or have done. I'm looking to Christ alone. And I'm doing that that I may win Christ, that I may see Him face to face one day, that I may be in His presence, and be found in Him, verse 9, not having mine own righteousness which is of the law, but but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, being made conformable unto His death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead." Not as though I had already attained it, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that, for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Amen.